Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. Love you guys a lot. Grateful to see you here tonight. It's good to be together and uh, to spend a bit of time together here as we head into Christmas. So, like, I, I don't think we can say enough. Pastor Brandy mentioned it, but for real... Don't come here next week. I don't. You're never going to hear that from a pastor ever again. Do not come back here next week. For real, you got to be at Britannia, okay? Britannia, 11 a.m. I know it's super. It's funny. It's going to be a late start for New West people. I'm telling like Pastor Kobe, you just got to tell your people it's okay. Bring an extra snack. It's going to be extra late, and then it's going to be super early for kids people. And uh, downtown is going to have it the hardest because they have to find out where Commercial Drive is. They're like, it's way out there. I don't know how to get there. So far, I've heard it's beautiful out that way. It's three kilometers. So it's amazing. I'm looking forward to being there. How many people were ever at Britannia? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, a couple of us were there. It was great. And that's actually probably a higher percentage than any other location. And uh, it's going to be going to be a really special time. Excited to fill that room. You know, remember the first day seeing it and thinking, some point we'll, we'll, we'll fill this place and believe that's going to be the case this week. Also want to let you know, we have uh, uh, Johnny Can't Surf. They're a great coffee food truck coming. So the first hundred people who show up for church get a free coffee and waffle. okay? You want some waffles, some coffee, you got to be there first hundred people. It's going to be going to be awesome. Why don't you grab your seat tonight and, uh, and we'll jump in here to, to some thoughts from the Word of God. And uh, I want to I want to take a few moments, and then tonight we're going to take some time just to pray together as well. And uh, and I think God's gonna 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 move. How many people like if you're really honest, Christmas it, it carries with it at least a little bit of um, like I wouldn't say bittersweet, but a little bit of like the potential for awkward. Anyone? Like, like on, on a really base level, does anyone find it hard opening gifts when the people who are giving them are sitting watching it and you just, you're like, I don't really know how to respond. Anybody ever feel that way? Does anyone have, have like an awkward family member they might run into and like, oh man, we're going to have the same conversation we have every year and I never know how to react. Anyone? Yeah. Maybe, maybe for something like, does anyone have a, Brandy said that so loud. I think she's maybe talking about me saying, oh, my brother-in-law, I'm going to have to see him. The worst. You want to have like, like painful memories that seem to be revisited at Christmas? Like, like people you wished were there but aren't there? Or you want to have like disappointing memories from Christmas's past and it's like the year goes on, it's good, but then you start like smelling Christmas smells and seeing Christmas sights and it's kind of triggering. Or maybe like you're approaching Christmas and you had this picture of what this Christmas would be, like the Christmas when you were 20 or 30 or 40 or the, the, the first Christmas in Vancouver or the last Christmas, like whatever that would, would be and you're trying to piece together what that looks like. Maybe, maybe you can't afford the ticket you thought you might be able to this Christmas and maybe you can't afford the, the gifts you'd like to have this Christmas and that you'd like to, to give. And then around us, is this like sugar-induced frenzy, and it's fa la 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 la, 
and and like Santa's ringing his bell everywhere, and and you're seeing, you know, Christmas specials, and and you're you're trying to feel the feelings, and you're hoping that you can conjure up some of the emotions. And I'm being a real downer because some of you are like, no, I'm just so excited, gingerbread. But but Christmas is not a like it's not an emotion set. And Christmas is not nostalgia. And Christmas is not, you know, the, the, the same food that you eat every year with your family. And Christmas is not locational. And Christmas is not about the the tree. I, like I think every year we're like, oh, this is the best tree we've ever got. But Christmas isn't isn't that. And and Christmas isn't you know, if you get to be all together physically with people or if you're FaceTiming some family members and and Christmas is is really none of those things. This is what Christmas this is what Christmas is. It's peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Like that that that's the message of Christmas that God in heaven is glorified by this that there would be peace on earth. And God's goodwill towards mankind. That you and I would experience the peace of God and understand that that peace comes simply because God has placed his favor upon us. Let's pray and then let's talk about peace for just a couple minutes. Jesus, I pray that you'd use these words today and speak to our hearts. Speak to our our hearts around the area of pain, disappointment, awkwardness, frustration, anxiety, being unsure. We receive this message of Christmas today, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Open up your Bible, if you would, to the book of Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. I want you to catch that... that there's a lot of things going on all at the same time. Isn't that the way Christmas always is? Like, there's a lot of things. Anyone's schedule get a little crazy around Christmas? Like, why do we not think of having an office party in July? That'd be awesome. Like, office parties should be July-centric. We could go to the beach. It would be so much better. And all of a sudden, everything, you know, it ramps up. And I think that's kind of like the first Christmas was the same. The Bible says that Jesus was born while people were under a specific type of census that involved, you know, taxation. And so there was people who were feeling the financial pinch at Christmas. It was go back and register where you came from. The king wants to know where everyone came from. And what was the king's primary role? Herod, the the tax collecting king uh, on behalf of the Romans, was just to make sure that the right people were giving the right allocated amounts. So they were feeling the financial pinch. And so Mary and Joseph had to travel to Bethlehem, which was not the city they were living at the, at, at the time, but it's where their ancestral requirement their governmental requirement, the form that came in the mail that they opened up from the the internal tax services of the time said you need to go there. And so not only were they feeling financially tight, they were also away from their comfort zone. 
And not only were they feeling financially tight and away from their comfort zone, but they found themselves in the midst of traffic. Everyone was going everywhere. And there was a busyness to it, so busy, in fact, that the Bible records that there was no room for them in any of the inns. Now, you need to understand at that time how significant this would be because, because hospitality in that time was like the highest status symbol you could have. Your status wasn't in the car you drove. Your status wasn't in, in like which phone you have, what shoes you have, what, like none of those things. Status was linked to your ability to provide hospitality. So if you saw a stranger coming through town, it was like, oh, please, come to my house. No, 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 come to my house. Please, please, please. Every, like the greatest status was the person who could open up their home and open up their resource and allow a stranger to come make themselves at home at their house. And what would be remembered is like, wow, that person is so wealthy. They're so well off. They're so capable that they were able to care for a person who was displaced. And then you've got these, these teenagers or, or, or young married couple expecting a baby, traveling from afar, clearly about to have a baby. And the city's so packed that nobody extends hospitality to them. Like, talk about a little bit of rejection. They're feeling, I'm sure, a lot of, of feelings. Peace was not one of them. Financially pinched, out of their comfort zone, traffic, rejection. And then her water broke. And they're in labor. And they're in a barn. And they're around animals. And it's their first baby, and they've never done this before, and there's no hospital. There's no YouTube to figure out how to deliver a baby at home. And Joseph was not prepared. And Jesus is born. And then we sing this song. Silent night. Ah! She's giving birth to a baby. Holy night. Right? And then we sing Round Yon Virgin. What a weird line. Round Yon Virgin. And some of us just kind of ramble things because we don't know what that means. Around the yonder virgin? I don't know. Well, I, I don't think this night felt overly peaceful for the main characters. And then you got the shepherds. The shepherds, like subjectively, I suppose, should have been at peace. They were in a field. There were sleeping sheep there. And that was it. Like not the highest stress job you could possibly be. Like subjectively, pretty peaceful. But it says an angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. And the first word from the angel was, do not be afraid. So even, even these guys, their subjective peace, at least it was quiet, is it, like it, it collides with the message of Christmas, which is objectively peaceful, but doesn't always feel like it. Because the angel has good news that brings great joy to all people, but their first response is terror. The, the, the Greek language says this, megasphobia, or megaphobia, or greatly afraid, or ah! Like they are in a silent night, holy night, 
and then hark, the herald angel appears. And they've never seen an angel before. And then the message to them is pretty pointed, like a, a Savior has been born to you. Like, like God wants you to know that you can have peace. And then it says this, that the, that the angel is joined with a multitude of the heavenly hosts. So, so whatever that looks like, all of a sudden they're in like a choir performance. The sky is filled with, with heavenly hosts. I don't know what they look like. I know what they look like in the Christmas plays that I was part of as a kid, but I don't know what they really look like. And they begin to sing, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill towards mankind. Or another translation says this, goodwill towards those upon whom God's favor rests. So, so their, their like subjective quiet is completely disrupted by the message of peace. I think sometimes the, the patterns we create in our life, the rhythms we create in our life, are, are intended to bring us subjective silence. They're intended to be like therapeutic white noise to help us not feel things and to help us just numb it and help us just get through it. And then the message of peace is ultimately so disruptive to the rhythms we create to try to find some sort of peace. Like God's message of peace at first is kind of terrifying. Like for God to favor you, it means he knows you. For God to favor you, it means he knows all of the stuff about you. That can be a little terrifying, certainly exposing. It's, it's megas phobia. The thought that, that God, like the perfect God of heaven, holy and righteous and without flaw and pretty demanding of that same type of holiness. That God sees me, knows me. Uh, like sometimes, have you ever just wished you could live under the radar completely? Like have you ever, ever, like anyone have a legit enemy in their life? Like a legit enemy, like a nemesis, Anybody? You have a nemesis. You got a person you know doesn't like you very much. I'm the only, Pastor Kobe and I are the only ones. I'm his and he is mine. Just kidding. Like, do, 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 you, ever have, like, do you have a legit enemy? Now, now, all of us do. The Bible says this, that there's an enemy of our soul that's come to steal and kill and destroy from our lives. So we all have that enemy, okay? Some of you are like, I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to raise my hand. But, but for real, like that feeling, like I wish I could just not be thought of again. Like by that ex or by that former coworker or that former employer or that, that person who said that thing. I just wish I could just, just not be noticed. And, and these shepherds living in the subjective piece of the anonymity of being a night shift shepherd and in, in the middle of the night, like they're just kind of at, at still. And then God, he disrupts the whole thing to let them know that they can really be at peace. Pete, like peace is the message of Christmas. The baby came so that, that, that God could let you know he's not mad at you. 
not angry with you. Like we're the ones upon whom his favor rests. He's not mad at us. If, if God had chosen to be incarnate in the form of a mighty king from day one, like what we visualize as a mighty king, Prince Ali, mighty as he, Ali Ababwa, comes through and there's this big, you know, there's this massive, you know, uh, like elephants and, and, and Persian monkeys and whatever else Prince Ali comes with. Imagine if that's the way that God announces and you're like, oh, like there's a lot of resource and there's fanfare and there's noise around this. And I just realized now that I'm thinking about it, I have not lived perfect, but God comes meek and mild and gentle and tender, and, and, and he comes like, like, have you ever been around a newborn baby? Baby's not mad at you. Baby's not looking to hurt you. Baby's not full of wrath. Like, it's, it's innocent and tender and sincere, and, and it's like God is just reminding me, like, I'm not mad. Like, what's the, what's the most gentle way I could enter in to humanity and make sure they know? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come as a baby, but not just any baby, like a baby born into poverty. Not just any poverty, like poverty and displacement and chaos and stress and rejection and a little bit of loneliness. And then I'm going to send some dirty shepherds there. Like, I just, I want to kind of, like, like fade in that message. Like, I do, I'm, not, I'm not looking to terrify people. Even God's messengers, their first message, oh, no, 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 don't be afraid. We're bringing good news. It's not, not like, again, you've been around a baby, and the baby wakes up, and everyone's like, no, oh, oh, like, don't do anything. You finally got to sleep. And God's like, no, 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 I'm not mad. It's good news. It's great to Come on, guys. <laughs> Glory to God. Let's sing it together. You know, like it's happy. I, I'm not trying to terrify you. And that's like the message of Christmas delivered in the form of a, a tender baby is God's not mad at you. There's peace on earth. And he said, like, this will be a sign to you. You're going to find the baby. You can find Jesus. You can experience Jesus. And it's going to be less terrifying than you possibly could have imagined. You'll find him in a place that you're, imagine this. Jesus was not necessarily comfortable in that barn, but the farmers or the shepherds were. So God says this, I'm going to come to like a place where you feel like you can have access to me. I'm not going to make you change your way of thinking and behavior. So imagine this, you will find the baby in a palace. Like We've never been to a palace. We'll never find him. No, you'll find him in a barn. I know barns. Like, like that is the message of Christmas. Accessibility and inclusion and peace. And God saying, I will go to the ends of the earth. I will do whatever it takes to get this message across. Peace on earth. Goodwill upon those whom I favor. And that's me and that's you and that's all of us. Peace. God came so we could have peace. And then we celebrate his birth with the most stressful time of the year. Like I'm not trying to be a Grinch here. Comes with the greatest news ever. We're like, I know what we'll do. One out of the 365 days, we'll think about that. But it's Eternity-shaking, 
foundational, life-altering message of peace. So, well, God, why is my life so chaotic then? Why is my life so crazy? Why is there loudness? Why is there, like, like terrifying emotion? Why am I, all these things? Jesus put it this way. He said, turn with me if you would. Turn to the book of John. Turn over to the book of John. If you, you brought your Bible, uh, turn over to the book of John. Let me find it here. This is super prepared. Check it out. Book of John. This is good. 14 and 27. John 14, 27. Jesus, this is now Jesus the man. Not a baby anymore, but still doing things that no one expected. Not a baby anymore, but still shape, like shifting paradigms. Not a baby anymore, but people were going like, if he's the king, war is on the way. And Jesus like, nah, that's not how I function. Came to bring peace. If he's the king, he's here to overthrow the Romans. He's like, no, nah, I love the Romans too. Like that's, that's like it was continually shaking paradigms. And I think Jesus still does the same today, by the way. Like, like today we're still like, okay, modify my behavior, impress God. And Jesus is like, no, 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 that's not how grace works at all. And so he's with his disciples, John 14, 27. Check out what it says. This is changing the way I preach from a phone now. It's like this face recognition, so I actually have to look at my phone. I used to be able to, like, discreetly just open it, but now i got to scan the old face. I'm telling you. Look at this. John chapter 14, 27 says this. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. And I do not give you as the world gives. So don't let your heart be troubled. And don't be afraid. Let me read it one more time. My peace... I leave with you my peace I give you, and I do not give it to you as the world gives. So don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. This word troubled, it means inward commotion. Jesus is saying, I want to help, help you tame the internal commotion that takes place, that your heart would not be troubled. Like some of the, the, the most piercing pains of this world are are things that never actually even happened. We were just thinking about them. They're the dreams that happen at night when we could be getting rest, but instead we're tossing and turning. It's that internal trouble. And Jesus said, I came to minister to that part of your life, that internal commotion, the what ifs. Then he also said, I want to I want to teach you how to not be afraid. This, this, this fear, it's speaking of outward timidity, that things can startle you. He's saying this, I want to give you the type of peace that would cause your heart to not be subject to internal commotion and cause your demeanor to be so courageous that when things are happening around you, somehow you're the calm one. That's the message of Christmas which, by the way, is the entirety of the gospel, which is, by the way, the reason for which Jesus came. The message of Christmas is the message of the cross. They're one and the same, that we could have peace with God. And that's what brings glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest doesn't come from well-intended people. 
It doesn't come from well-educated people. It doesn't come from, from the, the, the best-behaving people. It comes simply from us understanding that we have received God's favor, and with that favor comes his peace. God's not mad at us, and we're going to live like it. And we're going to receive this gift of peace that God has willingly chosen to give from day one until his last day on earth. He was giving and communicating peace on earth goodwill towards us, the ones that he favors. Peace. Like if we could just live at peace, I honestly believe it would change the world. The world around us would be so startled. If... if if God, by his grace, would help us with our internal commotion and give us power, love, and a sound mind so we wouldn't be timid, that things around us wouldn't, wouldn't leave us to be reactionary, I think it would change the world. It would change the people in our lives, that we could be the people that in hardship people turn to because we're peaceful. That we could be the people when questions arise, people turn to because we, we stay at peace. Man, we're going to need God to do that one. But if he could show up to shepherds, I suppose he could use us. If he could use Mary, I suppose he could use us. This message of peace is the core message of Christmas. I share it today. You know, for for many of you who are on, on the team here, you've heard last night... We were uh, in the hospital with C.Y. and Stephanie as they were saying goodbye to their their son, 20 hours old. And in his last few breaths, we were praying, dedicating him to the Lord and worshiping as they were saying goodbye. We prayed and we asked that God would presence himself in their hospital room. And in the most pain, there was still the most peace. The greatest disappointment, there was still the peace. And the Bible puts it this way, that God's peace surpasses understanding. It's not the type of thing you're like, now why exactly did that happen? Let me explain it to you. It, uh, it surpasses understanding. Oh, you mean the pain went away? No, no not at all. God's peace doesn't necessarily supplant pain, certainly not often momentarily, like not like that. But, but it presences itself in the midst of pain, and somehow you keep on going forward. That passes understanding. Because my understanding would say, if you want me to be at peace, God, just take away the pain. And God says, no, I have peace that actually it goes beyond understanding. You can have it in the midst of, of pain. Wait, did it come with answers? Nope. None. No, no conclusions. No why. But his peace that passes understanding is that even when I don't know why, I, st- I still can say God is good. And I'm sitting with a, a mom and dad saying goodbye to their, their only son. And they're saying, thank you, God, you are good. Thank you that we got to meet him. Thank you for these moments. 
Like, how does gratitude burst forth out of tragedy? The peace that passes understanding. It's a gift that comes from God. It's the very core message of Christmas. Why would we think of it only once a year? Why would we, why would we cover it in the trappings of stress and, and chaos? It's, it's life-changing. It's eternity-shaking. It, it alters everything if we just understand that God is with us. Like one of the names given to Jesus is, is Emmanuel, God with us. With us in our pain. With us in our disappointment. With us in our busy. With us in our impoverished. With us in our displaced. With us in our rejected. God with us. Jesus put it this way. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Like, Do you have those safe people in your life? That you're like, I can just be me. Jesus is the safest safe person. You can just be you. All the bigness of feelings, you can just be you. Because he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And then there's some people, you're like, yeah, they like me. At least this version of me. But if I really showed them, like, right? If I really said, here's me on a bad day, I just don't know how they'd react. But there's Jesus, he goes, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. Be as real as the realest. I'm with you. I love that Jesus would put it this way. He said, like, I'm not giving you peace the way the world gives peace. Do you know in this time that Jesus said that the word peace was a, a word used for greeting and a word used for saying goodbye, both and. Hey, peace, peace. Sincere or not didn't really matter. It was just the custom. So Jesus is saying, guys, I want to give you peace. They're like, oh, yeah, peace. No, 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 no. I'm not giving it to you the way the world gives you. This is not just a trite transaction. I'm not just saying a word that you're expecting. This peace can solve the internal commotion of your heart. This peace can give you courage in the midst of chaos. I'm not giving you peace the way the world gives it. This is not a little pat on the back. This is the resources of heaven on your side. I will never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. And I went to the the greatest extent from a baby born in obscurity to a sinless Savior who would die upon a sinner's cross, always doing the unexpected, everything possible to communicate peace to you. I want you to have it. Let me read you two more things here. Theologian Barnes put it this way, Jesus speaking. He said, my peace is such as it meets all the wants of the soul. It silences the alarms of conscience. It is fixed and sure amid all external changes. And it will abide in the hour of death and forever. How desirable in a world of anxiety and care to possess this peace. And how should all who have it not seek that which the world can neither give nor take away? Like having experienced 
peace with God, how would that not be our highest and only goal, the thing that the world cannot give, the thing the world can't take away? Like the Apostle Paul put it this way, even in the midst of, of, of grief, he goes, death, where is your sting? Like you can't take my peace away. Like there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing worse in life than death. It's the very thing that Jesus came to beat. And even in that, Paul's like, death, that, you can't do that to me. You can't bully me because my Savior will never leave me. My Savior will never forsake me. And my peace is not linked to a lack of pain. And my peace is not built on this foundation of quiet. And my peace is not packaged in in a lack of busyness. And, And my peace is not synonymous with my comfort. I can be at peace when I'm uncomfortable and I can be at peace when I'm grieving and I can be at peace when I have, can be at peace when I have not. Like peace is the the secret to contentment that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength, his peace. Let me read you one more scripture. Again, this is the Apostle Paul speaking in Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. It says, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. That's Jesus. And through Jesus to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed upon the cross. The message of Christmas is the message of Jesus. It's peace on earth. Goodwill towards mankind. Goodwill to us, those upon whom his favor rests. I want to pray with you today that you'd experience. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.